Good morning, it's March 14th, 2022. This is To My Liberal Friends, and I'm John Haddo. As we all know, inflation continues to run rampant in the United States, and the latest figures put it just under 8% per year. One of the big drivers in the number is the cost of gasoline. And we've seen it jump from an average of $2.41 per gallon to over $4.25, with no end in sight to the increases. In some areas of the country, a gallon of regular gas now exceeds $5, and some experts say that will be the norm for the majority of the nation. If that's true, California's norm will be $6. The cost of gas is, a, in fact, a tax on the middle class and working poor. They have to buy gas to get to work and perform everyday functions in their lives. The higher, <clears throat> the higher cost of fuel is also driving up the cost of goods that everyone needs. I'm talking about food and the cost of heating and cooling your home. Some analysts now say that it's costing the average family close to $400 per month in additional expenditures. So what's the solution according to the administration? When asked this question, their response was very simple. Joe Biden just announced that by 2030, he expects to see 50% of the cars sold in the United States to be electric vehicles. Now that's a massive jump since right now, that number's hovering around 3%. And more than half of those vehicles are pretty expensive Teslas. <clears throat> so why haven't people switched it from gas power to EVs? Would-be buyers often cite concerns <clears throat> about running out of power and not having access to a car changing st charging station. Higher initial upfront costs for electric cars cause people to pause, as well as many look at the cost of, say, a Tesla, which is over $70,000. And the average cost of electric bill does exceed. So last week, Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg had a press conference with Vice President Kamala Harris. And in that, he dismissed his problem with his claim that people should just buy an electric car. He dis did this while standing next to the Vice President, and both of them sounded completely tone deaf. In that conference, Harris said, and I quote, Imagine a future of the freight trucks that deliver bread and milk to our grocery store shelves and the buses that take our children to school and parents to work. Imagine all the heavy-duty vehicles that keep our supply lines strong and allow our economy to grow. Imagine that they produce zero emissions. Well, you all imagined it, end quote. Well, I think that's all in her imagination, which is what most of what she says is. Uh, neither she nor Buttigieg mentioned high gas prices in that press briefing, they towed the party line on climate control and ignored the pain that the average American is suffering with the rapidly rising price of the gas pump. Instead, they just urged everybody, go buy an electric car. That will solve all your problems. But it's not as easy as it sounds for the average American. According to Kelly Blue Book, the average transaction price for an electric vehicle last year was $51,532. That's more than 11,000 higher than what you'd pay at the dealership for a full-size gas-powered car and nearly 30000 more than the average compact car sale. Now, I will admit the price of EVs are coming down and auto manufacturers are trying to ramp up production of lower-cost vehicles, but that's going to take time and it does nothing to address the problem you're facing today. But nobody in the administration seems to care about any of these problems. All they see is the long-term solution, and if you've got a short-term problem, tough luck. Now, the problem is that electric vehicle batteries will eventually require replacement. Much like the battery of your cell phone or your laptop. And you don't hear anybody 
the administration or any politician talking about that. The cost of replacing an EV battery can be very high, with many estimates ranging as much as $5,000 or more. And many automakers have warranties that will cover a battery replacement, but once that warranty's out, you've got to cover it yourself. This creates a secondary problem in the resale of electric vehicles. Buyers are going to be very wary about buying an older electric vehicle because of potential for having to replace a very expensive battery. That means the value of that vehicle as it ages diminishes much more than a normal gas-powered vehicle. And we look at lower-income families, they tend to buy used cars, which means they're going to have to shy away from an electric vehicle. Another issue is the short-term range of some of these vehicles. The numbers you see for various vehicles for sale show them getting at least just over 300 miles. But that's if you're not running everything that goes in your car, like air conditioning. So for any long trip, you have to carefully plan for charging stations and account for the time you have to spend standing there charging the vehicle. And if everybody had a thing, you'd have to stand in line like it was a gas line. Another part of that equation that the climate control politicians ignore is twofold. First, the batteries use cobalt, and the majority of that substance comes from China. The same with lithium. The battery pack of a Tesla Model S is a feat of intricate engineering. Thousands of cylindrical cells with components sourced from around the world transform lithium and electrons into enough energy to propel the car hundreds of miles, and again and again without tailpipe emissions. And that's what they keep preaching. No emissions. But when the battery comes to the end of its life, its green benefits tend to fade a little bit. It ends up in a landfill. Its cells can release problematic toxins, including heavy metals, and recycling the battery can be a hazardous business. Cut too deep into a Tesla cell or the wrong place, and it can short-circuit, combust, and release toxic fumes. The government's going to have to develop a plan for either recycling these batteries, and they currently are not designed to be recycled, or disposing of them, and they're, as I said, extremely toxic. Batteries differ widely in chemistry and construction, which makes it difficult to create an efficient recycling system because every one of them is different. And the cells are often held together with very tough and strong glue that makes it difficult to take them apart. That has contributed to an economic obstacle. It's often cheaper for battery makers to buy freshly mined materials than to use recycled material. Those batteries and millions like them will eventually come off the road and they're a challenge for the world's electrified future. Automakers are pouring billions into this electrification with the promise that this generation of cars will be cleaner than their gas-powered predecessors. By the end of the decade, the International Energy Agency estimates there will be between 148 and 230 million battery-powered vehicles on the road worldwide. But that's still only going to make up 12% of the global automated fleet. But today, we're not looking at the long-term problems. We're not even looking at the short-term problems. We're just giving out platitudes, go buy an electric vehicle. So if you listen to Biden, Buttigieg, and Harris, everything sounds rosy, and they have a perfect solution. Just go to your bank, withdraw all your money, get that electric car, and life will be much simpler. Try telling that to the average American. This has been To My Liberal Friends. Thanks for listening.